0: Welcome to episode 316 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... Matt, how you doing? (laughs) I'm David, how are you doing? I'm very, very well. So, been a couple of weeks since you've been up, what have
1: you been up to? As I mentioned a couple of months ago, maybe I started playing Psychonauts 1, which is obviously the uh, the Xbox game and everything from 2005. Uh, I was actually wrong about what I said about the first game. You can get it on PlayStation 2. I didn't um, actually know that until, because I started looking around for Psychonauts 2 and I found Psychonauts 1 on PlayStation 2. Oh, so, okay. And Psychonauts 2 you can get on PlayStation 4, which is weird because xbox owns double fine although <laughs> xbox probably brought them after the deal was struck so the deal was probably still going to playstation yeah. and stuff or, or the game but anyway i finished the first game and i started the second game i'd say i'm about four or five hours something like that into psychonauts 2 really really good it's quite stark the difference between finishing a 2005 xbox original <laughs> game and then going to a 2021 ps4 game differences just hit me straight away obviously graphics is the big difference but like character designs look better and stuff and voice acting is like cleaner and newer and also on the animation front as well like the way that uh, Raz jumps about and stuff and the second game kind of just starts straight away like it just sort of clicks straight into place it's really really good I'm really enjoying it I really like how they've kept sort of the DNA of the first one like you get similar powers you get to arrange them and stuff and that's really cool it actually gives you a bit of a recap of the first game not like everything but it tells you like the important parts and the bit of the story I suppose there was a little bit of the expectation of like okay people that are stepping into a sequel what's 16 years later yeah some people might not have played it or they might not remember so just give them a bit of a recap uh, which which I thought was good but yeah really really enjoying it i have a couple of issues now and again with the combat but i think that's just the way that i'm maybe fighting and stuff i'm tending to sort of try to jump out of the way of enemies instead of dodge but the game is telling me to dodge so i guess i should listen to it a bit more <laughs> but uh i've got to a point where because i got like the clairvoyance and the telekinesis and the pyro powers that kind of thing i've gotten up to you know when you get in that plane the second time and one of the teachers or whatever is sort of seemingly hiding something. Mm-hmm. I'm in like her brain or whatever yeah. it is uh, and doing some like doctor's things. That's just, that's about the point that I'm up to. Just another fantastic addition to, to Psychonauts everything. I did see that there was also a um, VR game for PSVR release, which, which I didn't know anything about until yeah. I started looking things up. I can't imagine what Psychonauts looks like in VR. That might be uh, no. quite wild <laughs> considering yeah. that the game's already like but yeah i really like the story so far i think the characters are even more interesting than last time it's just great as well and it's interesting to hear a uh, newer version of nikki rap's voice as well for lily which is great so <laughs> but no i've been really enjoying it so far it's, it's really really good you finished both of them haven't you
0: yeah i finished both of them i didn't go back and play the first game but i mean i have played it and completed it many many years ago so i I loved loved the first game I love most of Tim Schafer's stuff back from the days when he did Monkey Island and Full Throttle and all those sort of games so I was very much into this the first game I thought was wonderful the second game is a great continuation of that the idea of sort of jumping into these mindscapes of various people that you are trying to sort of help it's a really interesting take on kind of mental health and just these wonderful weird worlds that you end up kind of wandering through with these games i actually interviewed pete mcconnell i haven't put the interview out yet but i interviewed pete mcconnell who is the composer for psychonauts psychonauts 2 and a whole bunch of those LucasArts games and the double fine games he's basically double fine's go-to composer pretty much so he did things like brutal legend he did grim fandango he did from monkey island 2 basically the LucasArts games so that's like the x-wing sci Fighter games and a whole bunch of star wars things and And then on to sort of Psychonauts and Psychonauts 2 as well. That will be going up in the next few weeks, that interview. But it was lovely chatting with him. And also the game itself, I think is a wonderful, wonderful continuation. It's a a kind of 3D platformer, basically, isn't it? It's sort of yeah mm-hmm. but really really good fun wonderfully strange and out there as well I, if you haven't played the Psychonauts games the first game actually stands up pretty well I considering, yeah. considering the age of it the only bit where you kind of can tell that it's such an old game is when you get to the cutscenes because the cutscenes are like very low res but the rest of it you know I was playing through it on PC I'm not sure what it's like on the console version but certainly the PC version actually looks pretty decent still and Psychonauts 2 I think you know obviously he's, he's vastly improved in terms of graphics but it still looks looks <laughs> was great. quite a
1: jump yeah it was yeah. quite a jump um, i mean
0: it's very stylized as well which helps i think yeah quite yeah, a lot. The, the, yeah. The,
1: the animation's fantastic on it so yeah. jumping into zykonos 2 i was like straight away this feels so much better to play not that the first one feels bad it's just that like there's there's that jump there yeah. as well uh, yeah, but that's important for games as well that the characters that you're controlling or whatever it is, if you've got a first person shooter or whatever the game actually feels good to play that's very important as well uh, which doesn't really tend to get brought up a lot that sort of factor but it's it's quite important but I'm still going through that I watched and finished the first season of Squid Game there's been a lot of people uh, talking about it and stuff, and talk a lot of talking it's a good reason it's a really really good show I reviewed it let's just say very late at night on Saturday <laughs> um, but uh, I made a bit of a mistake actually because I was watching the eighth episode which is half an hour. I was like oh once I finish this episode I'll go and do the podcast. It ended on like a weird cliffhanger. I was like oh that's a weird way to end the season. Then it said next episode in the bottom right. I was like oh there's another episode and then that one was an hour long so it kind of uh, <laughs> pushed, back my, pushed back my time a little bit. But um, So it's, it's a great series. I reviewed it like I said on Saturday. I gave it one of my must see ratings. I've seen a few like the couple of people here and there say it's boring I'm not sure how you could find that kind of show boring but that's, that's up to you if you want to feel that way Um, but yeah it's, it's sort of like if you took Saw turned it into a TV show made it nine episodes but instead of like what is there usually in Saw about five or six contestants or whatever so I mean, there's, there's a few people in there and if you took it like that but you put 400 people into a game and you made it this big kind of group life or death it's still very much life or death things P- people do like get killed and that sort of thing but there's uh, prize money at the end that uh, I won't say like what happened with with all that, but it's intended that one character is to survive and that they will get all the prize money at the end, which is still say quite a lot of money, like mm-hmm. a huge, huge amount of money. But as I've said before on things like Walking Dead and War of the World, even why the Last Man as well, I like the idea of seeing what a character will do to survive. And yeah. it doesn't have to always involve zombies, I've said that before. <laughs> and with this, obviously it's to do with people trying to survive against each other, and then there's the aspects of trust there's certain games where characters will be tasked to uh, team up with each other so obviously that forms alliances and enemies and that sort of thing the funny thing about it they're set up to basically play sort of these kids games but like deadlier versions of them <laughs> i'm not going to spoil what the different games are because they're they're treated as a, as a surprise in the series you're not supposed to know what they are so yeah. i'll leave that part out although one of them is shown in the trailer as well so that one was uh was pretty good there was only because there's six games there was only one of the games that didn't really stand out to me but some of the others were uh, really quite cool as well I'm not going to go into too much detail there's a sequence in episode 4 that a lot of people were really shocked by uh, it is particularly a violent series that's a, one of the more violent episodes but I guess my threshold for violence in media is a lot higher than some other people's like some people were <laughs> sort of saying oh was like incredibly sort of grotesque and violent and I, I understand if you feel that way I've just got a bit of a high threshold for that and it wasn't really anything I hadn't kind of seen before I mean me, me and you have seen like Game of Thrones and Walking Dead we saw, we've seen all sorts of like violent things on TV but uh, still a really great series Uh, for those of you that might be wondering whenever I usually watch like a foreign language thing like that I usually put the English dub on which doesn't completely always translate it's just easier for me to watch it that's why that's just my viewing choice I know some people go for like the original language with subtitles I just prefer to go with the English dub with certain things
0: have you seen any of this at all I haven't no I know it's getting an awful lot of traction it's I think Netflix released something saying it's actually been their biggest series to date so far i mean for something which is a south korean series it's done exceptionally well um mm. really really huge for them which is absolutely phenomenal we have got a review up on the site uh one of our guest writers uh, david sanja wrote a, a review of it saying it was one of the best series he's ever seen it is one that i need to sit down and watch i haven't actually got to it yet uh, there's just been so much stuff around recently it has there definitely um, has yeah <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm i struggling to get through everything that's on my list as it is. So, you know, but yeah, mm. I, it is one that's on my kind of long list of things that I need to go and catch up with.
1: Mm, yeah, uh, it's very, very bingeable as well. Mm-hmm. At least for me, for each episode, I was like, okay, I'm just going to let the next one start, which is a good sign anyway. American Horror Stories has uh, started, it's actually had four episodes. I've only seen the first three so far. The first two actually are in uh, two part episodes. Yeah. The change with this one is it's an anthology per episode apart from the first to as opposed to the season being an anthology the first episode is about this young girl and she's got this obsession with this black suit thing which has made appearances before in the yeah. american horror story series the suit's never specifically been tied to a person it's just sort of one of the things that american horror story uses that was a quite good uh, two-part episode that takes place in the original
0: murder house. it's supposed to
1: be the, the original murder house which has yeah. got the rule of what is it if you die in the grounds of the house so that includes like the front garden you you stay there forever so there's obviously loads of ghosts and characters like that and stuff that can pop up I thought those were two good episodes to start off with it was surprising that they started off with uh, like a two parter but that was uh, that was pretty good and then the third episode was a bit more of a zombie kind of thing not like Walking Dead sort of zombies but just people kind of getting infected and becoming you know really really dangerous and that sort of thing that was uh, pretty good again kind of a little bit of a game of survival thing which I which I quite like but this was more centered around uh, a director's film that caused people to go a bit mad right. and uh, had the issue that there was this woman that survived like a previous attack and she's trying to warn everybody and because we're humans and we don't listen to people nobody listened to her and then the same thing kind of happened again so the episode the episode kind of goes from there you said to me you saw the first one of these
0: yeah I've seen the first one uh, I haven't seen the second part of that it's, again other things have just got in the way of it but uh, I did quite enjoy that first episode it's quite interesting the sort of black suit thing and basically the the prowess of that is those it's a gay couple that buy the house as an investment to try and sort of flip it, and are using the fact that it is the murder house as a sort of selling point of it, as a sort of way of mm-hmm. of selling it onto people of of doing tours and that sort of thing. That's sort of part of the idea. The cast for that's really good. It's uh, Matt Boomer, who's from Doom Patrol. He plays Larry in Doom Patrol and was in White Collar as well as the other big thing that he's probably known for. Um, Okay. Um, and uh, Gavin Creel plays his other half and then Sierra McCormick is the uh, lead who I think was uh, Lilith in Supernatural is probably what she was known for. But uh, yeah, she's she plays the sort of lead girl. Mm. But um, okay. I did actually quite enjoy it. Now, horror is not my sort of thing, but I did enjoy that first episode and uh, I do want to see the second half of it. Whether I'll go through and watch the entire run, I don't know, but uh, I did... Quite enjoy that first one, so it's another mm. one that I need to get back to. But you know, it's not top of my list of things when there's so much other stuff around right now. So yeah,
1: it's one of the things for me of the American Horror Story where because they've got different themes and stuff each season. I like horror that's a bit more grounded. I don't really tend to like supernatural kind of horror and like someone's died but they haven't because it was a dream or you know some sort of thing like that. Or, or especially if sort of like witches and stuff come into it because I know that that was that was one of the seasons that had like witch characters or something that i (laughs) I didn't i haven't seen i think kind of the advantage not necessarily to make the show better but one of the advantages of the stories show is even if you have an episode that's not really your kind of cup of tea so if you had more of a supernatural episode the next one's going to be a different one so you're always like you kind of jump from this this black suit thing with this murder house to like a zombie sort of attack in the next one so I, i think it'll have arguably a bit more advantage because then you won't be sitting through 10 or 13 episodes of a season that isn't really quite for you yeah so i think i think that's that's pretty good Mm -hmm. Uh, that's roughly everything i've been up to uh what
0: about you well i've been playing around with planet zoo again because i had some preview access to that they are releasing actually today because we're recording this on monday the north american pack and update 1.7 the north american pack is great because i mean planet zoo obviously zoo management game you basically have a bunch of animals. You've got to build them habitats and manage the zoo. And you can basically build anything you like in that. They've got very, very detailed building systems. It's the same system pretty much that they use in Planet Coaster, which is another great sort of building game. The North American pack comes with uh, beavers, prairie dogs, California sea lions, American alligators, moose, Arctic fox, cougars, and the American bullfrog. With the exception of maybe the alligators and the bullfrog, it is possibly the cutest pack they've released the beavers are absolutely adorable and uh, they come with a new little enhancement thing which is like a a little sort of set piece where they can kind of build little dams and stuff on this little platform but it's really cute the sea lions are fantastic and prairie dogs are just adorably cute it's a really cute pack that they've released of new animals the update as well has got some great things in it some quality of life stuff like a a random scenery placer so rather than you having to kind of spin the scenery around to get sort of some randomness in it each time you put like flowers or trees down there's now a checkbox that you can click that randomly turns the direction of like the plant when you're trying to put it down so that's quite useful there's also things like path barriers and stuff so you can block off certain paths to stop people going through there's a bunch more filters on on the Zoopedia, which... Allow you to calculate the amount of space you need for animals, which is quite useful, and be able to sort the Zoopedia by biomes and stuff. The major addition in the free update is animal talk seating. So you can create like little areas where we've had the animal talk stands where like an educator will come up and talk to the guests in the park and they get sort of some educational value from it. I've had that for a while, but now they actually have seating areas for people. So you can create like your own little sort of theater thing which is quite nice and the other thing is the mapping tools one of the issues has always been with that game is when you open up a new map it's completely flat and you can end up spending like an hour or two just creating topography on the map so you've got something a bit more interesting to build on what they have done now is you can import your own topography based on like a, a jpeg i think it is so you can create your own kind of map either based on real-world topography or, or, you know, one that you've made up in Photoshop. And you can uh, import that in and create a more interesting layout to be able to build your park on. There are also some pre-made ones which you can get by selecting the sculpted option in the uh, in drop-downs as well. So that's, like, been really good. They're improving that game pretty much with every update. Arguably, some of this stuff maybe should have been thought of in the first place, but I, I think they're doing a great job in sort of updating and adding stuff in and uh, if you like those sort of management sims and those building sims Planet Zoo is still one of the best ones out there so I would I would definitely highly recommend that and as I say the North American pack has got a bunch of really cute animals in, so definitely worth picking up
1: I think in terms of because you said about like adding features in and stuff obviously I've, I've not played this game so you obviously can speak to that I think in terms of that kind of stuff when you have games that have got like a lot going on which this seems like it does I think as long as the game has enough good features and things in it and works at launch you can then kind of oh we got this idea and this idea and like add things in later so uh sounds like that from from what you said it sounds like they're doing a good job with that they are
0: frontier developments that make it make some great games anyway but they're doing a really good job with this they've got jurassic world evolution 2 coming out soon as well which is a sort of again it's another sort of park management sim but obviously you're dealing with dinosaurs in that one i have had a play around with that but i can't really talk about it because it's under NDA right now but I have had a play around with sure. that as well but uh, I will be talking about that reasonably soon. Planet Zoo certainly if you like those sort of building games it's really really fun and well well worth getting into. TV wise Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist came back now I know you've seen pretty much the whole of this already but uh, the first episode came out on E4 uh, just wonderful again I mean it's a beautiful return to it picks up kind of sort of a few weeks after the end of the first season, which of course resulted in a tragic death. And Zoe has been staying with her mother. She's about to sort of get back into returning to work. And certain things have changed. You know, um, there's been a few changes at the company. The mother obviously is struggling a little bit with moving on with her life. You've got her brother and her sister-in-law who are dealing with being new parents and Zoe herself, of course, dealing with this this sort of love triangle between her and, and the two boys that she's been dealing with. It just, it's like putting on a warm, fuzzy sweater or, you know, like wrapping yourself in a like blanket. It's, it's just lovely, that show. And I really adored the first episode. It manages to get an incredible amount of emotion into something which should be a silly sort of knockabout comedy. You know, I mean, it's a musical comedy about um <laughs> A girl that hears people's emotions through song. And it's incredible how affecting that can be when she's stood there and suddenly hears somebody burst into song and it's a sort of sad lament of something or other. It's amazing how affecting that is. I just think this is such a wonderful show and uh, the, you yeah, know, returned very, very strong. I'm so glad that Roku have rescued it, at least for a Christmas movie. I hope they decide that they're going to pick it up and continue it because we don't know that yet. All we know at the moment is they're going to do a Christmas movie, but I'm so looking forward to watching the rest of this because it's. I, I thought the opening episode was just beautiful.
1: Yeah, I did uh, two podcasts on it yesterday. Actually, I did one that was for the the end of season two, and I did a, like a bonus episode called uh, "Why Zoe's Extraordinary Players is So Special." That podcast is both designed to try to invite other people to watch the show because you know it's on NBC and hasn't got the biggest audience and that kind of thing. And it was also to just discuss with other people that obviously watch the show as well about just its qualities of the show. On that, uh, the special podcast that I did for it, I actually went through and I, I thought about all the other shows and things that I watch and other things that are appealing in some of those shows. And I listed, I can't remember how many things it was. It might have been about 10, 15. Things that the show doesn't have, but is still able to be so good. And some of them are things you wouldn't expect to be in a musical comedy but there are there are things that people would look at of like some of these other big pop culture stuff you think of like some some of the sci-fi stuff that's out there like star trek and star wars and things like that and action stuff the show doesn't have like anything like that Mm -hmm. so pointing out things that the show doesn't have but how it's still so good even without any of those things yeah i basically just did two podcasts yesterday giving it loads and loads of praise because it deserves all of it yeah and i didn't see a situation where you wouldn't have enjoyed at least obviously the first episode i hope gray enjoyed it as well i was smiling quite a bit there when you were talking about how much you enjoyed it and you, you pretty much echoed the same things that i've been sort of thinking and saying about the show it seems like one of them shows definitely that's yeah it's got a bit of a smaller audience it's on nbc and things but most of the people most of the comments that i read about the show online uh people seem to massively enjoy it which is which is good as, as well it would just help if that particular audience was bigger for the show yeah as well i suppose post I mean I haven't actually checked its ratings and stuff but NBC decided they didn't want it anymore which was a shame but yeah it's really good that Roku was uh, able to pick the show up for a film and that so I just I just hope that we get even more of it after that because I'm not going to get into any spoilery stuff but there's still so much potential of what mm-hmm. it could do going forward so I'm uh, I'm really glad you enjoyed it as well or at least the first episode so yeah, far
0: I, I'm sure I will enjoy the rest of it as well but um, yeah. I'm with you I do hope that it isn't just a Christmas movie and done I I hope that Roku decide to continue it as well and it ends up becoming a huge show for them. I think that will be, you know, in the same way that when Lucifer got dropped by Fox, it became a huge show for Netflix if this could become a flagship show for Rocky I'd be very very happy about that but um, you know I'm, I'm glad we're at least getting the Christmas movie and uh, hopefully that will wrap a few things up if there were things left dangling at the end of the series mm-hmm. um, moving on to something very very different one of the other new shows I watched this week The Problem with John Stewart which is a Apple TV Plus series essentially it's a sort of current affairs comedy show in the vein of things like The Daily Show and Last Week Tonight although I would argue it leans more into the seriousness of some of the subjects. There is comedy in there because it's John Stewart and, you know, he's a long-time host of The Daily Show. But there are certainly in the first episode a lot more serious points that he makes. John was heavily involved in getting healthcare for service people that worked on 9-11. And this is something which sort of is in that similar vein in that opening episode because it's dealing with war veterans in the US specifically burn pits, which if you didn't know, basically when Americans go to war, their solution to getting rid of anything is to dig a big hole, cover it in aviation fuel and set it on fire. But the thing is, is they do this right next to where the army is based and you get these huge pillars of black smoke that are effectively blowing directly into the lungs of the people inside the base. So there are obviously health issues coming with that. And the veterans' affairs people are not doing anything about it. And that's pretty much what the opening episode is. It will make you probably incredibly angry, even if you're not an American. You do look at things like this and go, how is this being allowed to happen? They play up the fact that Americans love their veterans except when they're home and actually need healthcare. So it's really interesting. It's it's about a subject that I didn't really know anything about, and I'm sort of intrigued to see where they go and whether there is it's slightly more leans into more comedy stuff later on but um it's nice to have john stewart back on screen it is a very very interesting and very important thing that he's actually kind of dealing with so uh, that's on apple tv plus if you want to go and find that but i i found that really really fascinating also on apple tv the other thing i watched was foundation i watched the first episode last week and talked a little bit about it the Uh, second and third episodes are out now and uh, I've been watching through those really interesting structured series it's one of those books because it's an Isaac Asimov series of books that I think people probably looked at and went well that's unfilmable and they're doing an incredibly good job on managing to stitch that together because it does jump around an awful lot in terms of the time periods you've got various different characters like the The cast of characters in the third episode is almost entirely different to the cast of characters in the first two. So you're sort of jumping around through a completely different time period in the third episode. And then uh, the kind of continuing characters are Lee Pace and what they call Empire, which are these three clones of uh, Cleon the First, who they describe it as being decanted at different ages. So the Empire is this overreaching kind of dictatorship that runs the entire galaxy. It's run by these three clones, one of which is sort of quite young, and then there's one which is a sort of, you know, 30-year-old something who's kind of the main person that runs things, and then there is an older version as well, and the three of them run the galaxy together. The basic premise for the start of it is there is Jared Harris's character called Harry Seldon who is a mathematician who studies psycho history, which is an algorithm that allows him to predict the future. He basically predicts that the Empire is going to fall within the next 500 years and obviously the uh, Emperors aren't particularly happy with the idea of that. So say, well, if that's what you believe, we'll let you study it, but we're going to banish you to this edge of the Empire, basically, to do this study and they end up on this planet that's sort of desolate wasteland on the edge of the Empire. It's a really interesting, complex and dense series. Jumps around an awful lot. It's one of those shows that he's willingly to kind of keep up but it is spectacularly well stitched together it feels like a story which I think people would have looked at and gone well there's no way you could film this but they seem to have done a very very good job in actually being able to put the whole thing together so I'm really intrigued to see where they go with it well 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 worth picking up it looks incredible I don't know how much money they threw at it but my guess is there's is a lot a um, Yeah, yeah have you caught any of this yet
1: I haven't yet I went to watch it and then I did something else, but I'm still watching uh, Morning Show and see on Apple.
0: Yes, I'm a little bit behind on see at the moment. Morning Show's been great. I've been uh, watching that weekly as it comes back. And uh, like I say, there's three episodes of Foundation Up at the moment. Really quite stunning sci-fi drama. High end. If you like things like The Expanse, this is definitely one for you, I think. It, mm. it, it's okay. got that same sort of level of complex, full-on... Sci fi storytelling. So I think it's certainly one that is well, well, well worth going to watch. The, the one point I, I did make was the fact that I watched the third episode of Foundation and thought oh I still haven't watched this week's episode of The Flash so went to watch that immediately afterwards which was a mistake because first of all it wasn't a particularly great episode secondly just the level of quality between the two it's its like watching a normal TV show and then when you go and watch The Flash afterwards it's like watching something built out of cardboard just the, the level of I, I mean I I know one's Apple and has a lot of money thrown at it but it really showed the juxtaposition between those sort of high-end streaming shows and network TV just jumping from one to the other because I mean the episode that went out this week, Rayo De Deleuze directed by Danielle Panabaker um, I did wonder whether it was directed by Grant Gusting because it was an episode of The Flash without The Flash in it because he basically turns up at the start and saying oh we've had a tough time recently I'm going to go on holiday with the missus and then comes back right at the end of the episode. But that's like the only time in. I thought maybe, granted. Had- been directing and that's why i wasn't in it but uh, it actually was danielle that was directing the episode did perfectly okay in terms of directing just it was a terrible story it was dull it was uninteresting and it just didn't look particularly great and mm. you know particularly i think it was a stark contrast having jumped from foundation to that yeah
1: the flash has had a weird problem for about the last two seasons i remember you you kind of spoke about this like a month or so ago and i remember hearing you talk about it and i thought oh somebody else has kind of like noticed not that nobody else has but you'd you'd notice the same thing that i had why isn't he kind of using his flash powers as much like i know he's got the i know he's got the problem with the speed force thing and whatever that he's that he's had even that went on far too long yeah but like even if you go back to this is what season seven isn't it i lose track of seasons in there but even with the previous season like it sort of has had turned into the Flash is going to talk you down instead of use his, yeah. you know, and in, pretty incredible because he's supposed to be very, very powerful. And they have shown that like over the years on The Flash, how incredibly powerful he can be. And I've spoken to uh, a friend of mine about The Flash. is called Barry. I've, I've done a few episodes and stuff with him before on uh, on different stuff. And I remember he said he got to like the second. He, he dipped out a long, long time ago. He, he got to like the second or third season. And one of the things he pointed out, because he's he's a massive DC fan. He reads loads of DC books and all that sort of thing and his main complaint about the show even all the way back then was the Flash being sort of handheld too much and not being as powerful as he should be and mm-hmm. that's that's probably been correct for most of the actual show it's yeah. just particularly been showing up more in the last two and a bit sort of seasons where instead of him even using his powers and maybe okay he's a bit weak but even to the point where he's been able to somewhat use his powers but he just doesn't sometimes it's very mm-hmm. strange and even if you look at the other shows I know some I mean, like Batwoman's a bit different because she doesn't have powers. But even if you look at like the Legends, or if you look at certainly the, the Superman show, Supergirl, what other ones do we have? Black Lightning. With most of the other shows, I don't tend to notice that problem as much. I, I've noticed with, with Legends, a lot of people have pointed out that they don't suit up as much, but that's not the same type of problem as like no. them not using their powers. Because even if you have like Roy from Legends, sure, okay, he might not suit up in the uh, heat wave thing, but as long as he still uses his his flame gun and stuff, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, or even if you look at like Supergirl, she still uses her powers. Martian Manhunter still transforms, uses his but I don't know why they've chosen to do it that with The Flash and just have him, he's more of like a negotiator. Yes. It's, it's really strange.
0: It has been very, very odd. And there is talk of possibly the next season being the last season of The Flash. And if this is where they're going with it, I hope they can redeem it with the final season if it indeed does turn out to be the final season. But it's getting to a point where, as I say, I said this before, they did that huge crossover and then everything seemed to fall apart. You it know, was weird, wasn't it, the way yeah, that happened? Yeah that should have been sort of an injection a boost and it just wasn't I enjoyed that crossover I know some people have mixed feelings about it but I really enjoyed that crossover and it should have been a big sort of reset thing and it just they squandered it and it's such a shame that that's where they went I mean Legends is sort of off doing its own thing and that's fine I think the Superman and Lois show which I know still doesn't have a UK edit for some bizarre reason but um, I've seen a few episodes of that and that is a much better quality than the other stuff the sort of Arrowverse 2.0 things like Superman and Lois and Stargirl I think have been much better shows but those sort of legacy things which I mean with Supergirl's coming to an end Flash is the only one really left and sort of kind of Batwoman which is sort of Arrowverse 1.5 I guess but those sort of older shows are are really struggling at this point and it's a real shame because I would like to Mm. see a final season of The Flash where The Flash is actually The Flash and actually does Flash things, not just negotiating with people, which is seem to what he spends the entire time doing. Which just starting to annoy me now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this isn't an excuse
1: for any of the shows, but it has been a bit different, not leading up to or doing any kind of crossover. But that doesn't negate anything I said before about the Flash simply using his Flash powers. Like that's not an excuse for that. But it's it's felt like a bit of a different, you know, the actual seasons this time around. Yeah. So hopefully the they can look at the Armageddon event and that can be something that can kind of just kick a bit of life into this. I Although Warner, so. Brothers, Warner Brothers seems to be going away somewhat from the CW shows because we're starting to get a lot more HBO Max things like with Green Lantern, the Black Canary thing and you know some of those others. Yeah. So plus, even though the Superman and the Lois show is definitely still in the Arrowverse, it definitely is trying to be sort of moved away slightly. Yeah. Because this totally is very different. So
0: yeah, we'll see what happens next. But uh, yes, yeah. There, there is rumours that The Flash is on its final season when it comes back. And, I mean, if it's carrying on the way that it currently carrying on, that's possibly no bad thing. So that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well...
0: So we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals cancellations and pickups. One cancellation this week, Mr. Corman, which was a uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt-led dramedy on Apple TV Plus, has been cancelled after one season. This isn't one that you actually got right to watching, I'm assuming, on Apple TV.
1: No, when I was reading through this, I was trying to remember what it was, yeah. so that tells you how much I uh, noticed it. it.
0: Just doesn't seem to have broken through compared to like all the other shows on Apple TV Plus, so yeah. it's a shame, really, but... um. I, yeah. I haven't seen see it. it. No, I haven't seen yeah. it either. That's only lasted one season on Apple TV. They have decided to cancel it. That was Mr. Corman. Renewals, a uh, few this week. We've got Archer, which has been renewed for season 13. So that will be coming back. BMF, which is the Star Series and uh, Runs and Stars play over here. That's got an early season two renewal because season one's only just started. So uh, that's going to be back. What show is that? BMF. I think it stands for Black Mafia Family. I think it's a oh, 50 okay. cent producer. Series, it's oh, um, one of those, just one of those uh, like power things. I haven't watched any of it, but that is uh, being given a second season renewal on uh, Stars and Stars Play, so that will be coming back. Mysterious Benedict Society has been moved for season two on Disney Plus, so uh, that will be returning. Sex Life has been renewed for a second season on Netflix and uh, the the biggest surprise this week the original Law and Order which ran for 20 seasons has been revived for a 21st season 11 years after it was originally cancelled on NBC they're bringing the original Law and Order back they're trying to get some of the original cast back obviously they can't get all of the original cast back because they're spread all over the place but uh, there was (laughs) there is a lot of people to pick three but that is returning for a 21st season that's going to be back
1: is it fair to say NBC have become a bit of a strange network they've been a strange network for a while
0: but yes um,
1: yeah maybe I've just noticed it later than other people have yes um, I remember a couple of years ago, somebody gave NBC a nickname, which was nothing but cancelled. <laughs> that was way before like Zoe was on air and, and that kind of thing. I think there was a pilot season where they cancelled like loads of shows and yes, somebody, there gave, was. somebody gave it the nickname. So I think of that
0: now. There was two or three years ago, they cancelled like about six shows in one go. It was six uh-huh. or seven shows. It was ridiculous. They've revived the original Law & Order. That will be coming back for a 21st season. In terms of pickups and other news, Channel 4, 4 and Channel 5 fell off air last weekend. I don't know whether you caught this. Um, No, I didn't. No, I sort of missed it at the time. I wasn't watching anything on the channels. But uh, apparently the reason that it dropped off air was Red Bee Media, who are the people that handles the playout services for Channel 4 and Channel 5, they had a fire and the fire suppression system kicked in. And because smoke was detected it sucked all the oxygen out of the room which caused some sort of sonic wave which shut down the transmission service <laughs> so it took the channels off air which I mean I get that you're trying to stop the fire but you kind of think that's probably not a very well designed fire suppression system for that room but anyway yes yeah. Um, yeah. and they're still suffering the consequences from it right now so apparently none of the subtitles or audio descriptive services are working on uh, Channel 4 and presumably Channel 5 and apparently some of the BBC shows which rugby handle as well it's really awful for people that are rely on subtitles they're not working at all on at the moment and uh, e4 also had an issue although i did say at the time you could put this down to their drunk scheduling but uh, e4 apparently wednesday's episode of married at first sight was supposed to be the finale and ended up being a repeat because i don't know somebody shoved the rug tape in or it was something to do with again the play out <laughs> things so rather than getting the repeat, I think it dropped off air because of the play out thing wasn't working so they stuck an old episode on and uh, yeah it has I think gone out now the finale but um, you know people all geared up for the finale of Married at First Sight and uh, yeah it wasn't there so um, (laughs) yeah yeah. but like I say you could also put that down to just them being absolutely hammered when they were trying to schedule things. Yes Um, absolutely. Speaking of uh, weird scheduling at E4 the 100 season 7 finally has a premiere date it's not on E4 it's of course on 4 Music because why not that's coming on the 15th of October Friday the 15th of October at 9pm on 4 Music there's been a number of people discussing the fact that the only issue with it being on 4 Music is it goes out in standard definition not high definition which is kind of annoying but at least it's airing somewhere and right. uh, that final season will be going out why they couldn't just find some space for it somewhere on E4 is beyond me but anyway it's going out on 4 Music
1: mm, I think I saw around the same time Um, you put this news out somebody said that the show finished a year ago it did, yes. Not the premiere, the finale went out a year ago. So yes. that's very late.
0: Yes, that is very, very late. <laughs> um there's some new things coming to the UK as well. IMDB TV, which is Amazon's free ad supported streaming service, quietly launched in the UK this week. It is actually up on Amazon right now. You get it as the sort of Amazon channel. I think if you go to Amazon.co.uk forward slash IMDBTV, you can go and find more stuff about it there. You do not need a primary Account to be able to access it. It is entirely free. You do need to be logged in, I think, to an Amazon account to get to it. But apart from that, it is entirely free. One of the things that was missing off the initial announcement was Leverage Redemption, which is the revival series, which is an IMDb TV original. They have announced today that that will be premiering in the UK on the 22nd of October. So that is coming as well. They just had some contractual things to work out. So it wasn't part of the actual launch. But but it is definitely going to be on there, as will, I'm sure, all the other IMDb TV original things, like the follow-up to Bosch, which is basically Bosch 2.0. There's stuff like that coming as well. So they have got a number of original things coming, but uh, that's awesome. I mean, it's more free stuff coming to the UK and there's a whole bunch of like movies and TV shows they've got old shows like Two Broke Girls on there and films like Pulp Fiction I think so there's a whole bunch of free things that you can go and get up on IMDb TV so uh, yeah free streaming service not a bad thing I don't think Mm.
1: yeah we keep getting more like I mean it's not as much as a problem when it's free because obviously it doesn't ask people for more money but uh, yeah funny that we got an IMDb one considering like Roku are relatively new to the game and that sort of thing so uh, the, the streaming wars are always something that kind of interests me just to see like who's going to price their stuff at what, what they're going to put out, how they sort of in a way copy each other. Like when things like we get new fantasy shows that obviously because of the success of Game of Thrones, things like that uh, are, are interesting for me to follow. So yeah, we'll see how IMDB do.
0: Yeah, I think the content on it generally is going to be a little different to the contents on the US as tends to happen with Netflix and everything else. But um, the mm-hmm. original shows should be landing on there they just might not land at exactly the same time there's also announced today they've got a cruel intentions tv show in the works as well based on the films and stuff that's also coming but yeah, the last thing in the pickups is the Book of Boba Fett as well, has also been given a premiere date on Disney. Plus. That is going to land on the 29th of December, which is awesome news. I'm very, very much looking forward to that. It's sort of, they're describing it as sort of Mandalorian 2.5. So that I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah, I'm
1: looking forward to seeing because you've got the Ahsoka one as well, and then you've got some of these other Star Wars spin offs. At the end of the day it's not always about just Mandalorian I know that for about a year or so that it was pretty much what Hamilton Mandalorian and then that was pretty much it but now that we've sort of got past that period and they've been able to actually make more TV shows that they've ordered it'd be interesting to get this other side of that as well and I, I, I've i always thought Boba Fett was a very cool character so it'd be cool to have a show based off of him is uh, Mean Nguyen's character yes in that yeah because she followed him in that Mandalorian yeah, episode uh, so uh, looking forward to seeing her as well
0: yeah in fact the only two confirmed cast members are uh, Boba Fett and uh, Fennec Shan are the only two Fennec, conf- yeah. Yeah, that's the uh, the two characters which have been confirmed and we don't know anybody else so are, we're expecting some other faces to pop up but mm. those are the only two actual confirmed ones we know of at the moment but yeah 29th of December I was reading somewhere that uh, when they started filming that they weren't actually told they were filming the book of Boba Fett they were actually told they were filming the next season of Mandalorian and it wasn't until they were like a few days into the production that they went wait a minute. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that I'm very much looking forward to. 29th of December, that is landing on Disney Plus, And then the next season of The Mandalorian will come after that. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to other news, David Tennant is returning to ITV in another true life drama. This is called Litvinenko, which if you recognize that name, that of course was the name of the uh, Russian that was poisoned. How two police officers were called to University College in London to interview a patient in declining health that patient was Alexander Litvinenko, a Russian dissident who claimed to have been poisoned on direct orders by Vladimir Putin. So, of course, this was a huge story at the time. Interesting, the team behind this, because whilst David Tennant is playing the lead role as Litvinenko, the people behind it are the people behind the Netflix series Criminal. So it's George Kaye who's writing it, and he wrote Lupin and Criminal, and Jim Field Smith, who was the director behind Criminal, and also did Tree Seekers as well the Amazon series really interesting team behind that and um, Criminal was a great great series that was the the one where it was all set in an interrogation room and they had a guest star Mm. in every week I really really like that series so uh, I'm interested to see what they do with this as a sort of true life thing speaking of Criminal though there is a show called Suspect which is there's this working title at the moment which Channel 4 have ordered which sounds very very criminal like uh, but it's got a ridiculous cast for it. It's James Nesbitt in the sort of main lead role, but the other people involved are Jolie Richardson, Anna-Marie Duff from Sex Education and Shameless, Richard E. Grant, Ben Miller, Niama Alga from Deceit, Antonia Thomas from The Good Doctor, Sasha Dewan from Doctor Who, Sam Hewan from Outlander, and Imogen King from uh, Clique as well. Great lineup of people, and it, it is a very similar sort of idea to Criminals, actually, except it's it's an overarching story. So James Nesbitt playing a veteran detective who turns up at a hospital mortuary thinking that it's a routine ID check on a young woman's body, but it turns out that the corpse is his estranged daughter. He's obviously very traumatized by the news and it appears she's taken her own life. He was estranged from her. They had a very complex relationship. He f- refuses to accept that uh, she it was suicide and sets out on a mission for the truth, retracing her last day and hours and the series is a bunch of intense exchanges with those that are closest to Christina such as her partner her best friend her business partner her godfather her mentor and her mother so the bulk of the show it sounds like is basically going to be set in a sort of interrogation room or or at least in sort of one-on-one settings with James Nesbitt talking to one other character and each episode will presumably focus on the that one other character, which is why you've got this like ridiculous bunch of names in there. So I, I think this sounds like it could be really quite good. It's directed by Drys Voss, who directed Ben Miller in Professor T, which is the new ITV show, and uh, it's been written and adapted by Matt Baker, who also worked on Professor T as well. The Suspect is the working title, so that may change, but it's filming this autumn on Channel Four, so presumably out early next year. But I think that sounds really quite interesting. You watched Criminal, didn't you? I
1: did. I did watch the first season I forgot to watch the second season mm. which I think that the second one had Kit Harrington in it didn't it? It
0: did yeah.
1: Yeah that's that's the one I didn't quite get around to watching specifically when it comes to Netflix shows I just forget sometimes what's on there because you just get flooded with yeah. content and it's hard to keep hard to keep up uh, I even forgot like briefly last week that Sex Education season 3 was out when I was watching Squid Game so yes. uh, yeah but uh, anyway I, I mean I guess that's what a list is for but still I know it sound, sounds like it uh, should be quite good I don't know if it will be good, as good as like the criminal thing but like you said the uh, the cast list here is is fairly good and when you've got a situation like that if I'm to compare it to what I know from criminal uh, you've got to really make sure you've got your writing really good and of course your uh, performances as well because there's not much else to completely sort of lean on it's not as if when you do like action shows or series when the acting doesn't have to be that top notch as long as like the action is quite entertaining but when you've got something that's a bit more clothes like this and it's mainly just loads and loads of dialogue with acting got to make sure you got that stuff pretty good but yeah. uh, at the, and, and then that, in, that involves having a very good cast that can actually do that so it uh, seems like they've got that here which uh, which should be quite good uh, just on the david tennant thing i'll simply just say that i like david tennant in pretty much everything that i've seen i didn't finish watching des just because i just kind of lost interest with it a little bit i know it was only three episodes anyway but i just kind of lost <laughs> interest with, with it slightly but uh yeah, David Tennant likes his ITV dramas of like Broadchurch and things like that which were very good so uh, yeah I mean it, it's never an issue for me where I don't think he's going to pull off the role which just depends on who he's playing and what the story is and that sort of thing yeah. so we'll, we'll see how that goes
0: I'm sort of with you I, I think he likes doing these sort of things for ITV because they're one-off dramas and he's not going to commit to anything for any anything long term you know which is quite useful yeah. I think but yes yeah, <laughs> so I think that does sound quite good uh, you know David Tennant's great and I think Suspect sounds really interesting as well I like James Nesbitt. I know there's a mixed reaction from some people on him, but I think the rest of the cast did superb as well. So I I think that sounds like it's going to be a really interesting series as well. Moving on to a couple of other things. True Lies. CBS has set the cast for the pilot of the True Lies TV series, which is obviously based on the Arnold Schwarzenegger film. They've announced who are going to be taking the main roles in that. The setup for it, if you're unaware of True Lies the movie, it's um, an unfulfilled suburban housewife who's shocked to discover that her seemingly bland and unremarkable computer consultant husband is actually a skilled international spy and find herself propelled into a life of danger and adventure when she's recruited to work alongside him to save the world as they try to revitalise their passionless marriage. So, I mean, it's the same premise basically as the movie. The person that's taking on the role of Harry is Steve Howey, who's probably best known for his role as Kev in the Showtime series Shameless. He's also appeared on on Sons of Anarchy and in SEAL Team as well and there was an old CW show called Reba he was in as well but he's he's kind of a quite a big built guy so you know fits in that kind of Arnie role quite well Jinta Gonzaga is playing the role of Helen who is the supportive wife she is getting annoyed with the fact that Harry always seems to be away from home I'm thrilled when Harry invites her along to a trip to Paris and then for a rude shock when she finds a very different side to her husband she has appeared in space for She was in Togetherness, the HBO series. She's was in I'm Dying Up Here and Kidding. She's also in the She-Hulk series as well. So you'll be seeing more of her coming up. Omar Miller is set to play Gibb, who's a logistics guy for the group. Miller, probably best known for playing Walter Simmons on CSI Miami more than anything else. He was in Ballers as well. And uh, Michael Gorman plays Luther, who is another undercover operative posing as a computer salesman. He was in Vice Principals, AP Bio, and Perry Mason. So that's the main sort of cast. The script for it is coming from Matt Nix, who created the wonderfully entertaining Burn Notice. He also did the Gifted as well, the Marvel series and uh mcgee who is the legendary producer behind things like the charlie's ages films and terminator salvation this has always been a very long-term passion project for him he did the lethal weapon series and he did chuck as well so he's going to direct the pilot and exec produce for it as well and james cameron is also exec producing because he did the movie I think this sounds like it's going to be quite good fun. It is only a pilot at the moment. I can see how True Lives might work as a series. It's got sort of elements to it. I think whether you can get it sort of as big and as it needs to be on something like CBS, I don't know, because it really needs to be big and mm. over the top and silly. But I think maybe it would fit better onto a cable show, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, sometimes I agree with what you said just then. When you've got something like an NBC or a CBS, unless they're using, was it Paramount Plus and Peacock, the, the two streaming services for those, yeah. If you're doing it on their network channel, it automatically feels like you're going to have something a little bit more limited because mm-hmm. uh, we've talked before about things like The Last of Us and Witcher. When you've got something which is a little bit bigger, which is like what you've kind of just said about it, sometimes you need a bit more put in there because if you were to try something like Last of Us or Witcher or whatever, On a network thing, Uh, even if it was something slightly better like an ABC, which have come out with some good shows in the last couple of years, I don't know if uh, CBS could do that. It's not to say they can't. Uh, There's obviously you know there's certain there's certain limits around what you can do on maybe that channel, but uh, that's not to say it won't be good. So we'll just have to uh, wait and see how that turns out. I'm not really familiar with True Lies at all, so I don't have anything to add in terms of that part of it. We'll just have to see
0: how how it goes. The movie was great fun, and uh, I can sort of see how this might work as. series, I'm just not entirely convinced it's, I mean, I don't know, CBS are sort of known for doing those procedural sort of things, so and I sort of feel it needs to be a bit bigger scope than that, but we'll see I mean, I like Matt Nix quite a lot and I think if he's going to be on as showrunner and the writer behind it I think he's the right person to do that sort of thing, but we'll see, it looks like it's going to be quite good fun. Moving over onto Amazon, The Boys has getting a spin-off, it's uh, not actually got a title at the moment, but we've talked about this a little bit before. They've officially ordered it now. It's the College for Superheroes in quotes. So it's it's a YA series, basically, based around the boys. It's set at America's only college exclusively for young adult superheroes, which is of course run by Vought. It's an R-rated series that explores the lives of hormonal competitive soups as they put their physical, sexual and moral boundaries to the test, competing for the best contracts in the best cities. Part college show, part Hunger Games, all with the hearts satire and raunch of the boys is the setup for it. The cast includes Jad Sinclair who was in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Lizzie Broadway from Here and Now, Shane Paul McGee who was in Deputy, Amy Carino from Blind Spot, Regina See from Brock and The Flash and Maddie Phillips from Teenage Bounty Hunters as the various young superheroes there is more cast coming. It's written by Michelle Fazaka and Tara Butters who wrote Agent Carter and Emergence. They're serving as showrunners as an exec producers. It's obviously also got Eric Kripke, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, and all those guys that are involved in the boys behind it as well. I think this sounds like it could be quite good fun. I mean, the main boys series is wonderfully silly and over the top, and I like the idea of sort of a college version of that, I think, could work quite well. Yeah, it's interesting thinking
1: about, like, how kind of off the rails and violent the boys can be in, in like, the best way. If you switch that up and do it with a bunch of teenage kind of characters or or young adult sort of characters that could be pretty crazy but again in in the good way that the the boys could kind of do that if you know what I mean. Uh, So it still sounds like it'll be as violent and as crazy and and that sort of thing which would be interesting. I suppose that the show's got a thing to tackle with how do we control some of these hormonal powerful (laughs) young characters which will be interesting to to, to see how that unfolds because they're going to probably fight with The people that are teaching them things—they're going to fight with each other. This isn't just sort of like, "Hey, let's take one of the characters from the boys and do a spin-off This is something like a little bit different, Mm -hmm. I think, as well. Some, you know, with the different ages of the characters and stuff. And Amazon have got the budget to do it, which is important for a show that's going to have characters with lots of powers as well, because obviously it's going to be
0: a a budget thing. But uh, Amazon don't need to worry about that, so uh, that that could be pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. And I like the writers behind it. I mean, Michelle and Tara—they worked together quite a lot they worked on Emergence which was actually a really good series shame it only lasted one season that Uh, that was it was an ABC show a little kid that sort of had powers and sent around her and the cop that was a sort of mother figure for her that was on Fox over here wasn't it Uh, yes ran on Fox over here before that disappeared and that was actually quite a good show and uh, shame it only lasted one season and Agent Carter Carter as well they worked on it's going to be interesting to see them diving into the sort of dark recent of their mind to come up with this and be completely unleashed because this is obviously going to be a lot more twisted than either of those shows were so uh that's going to be yeah. intriguing this could be quite good fun there's no title for it yet we don't know what it's going to be called but uh it's just the untitled voice spinoff right now we'll bring you more on that when we know more but cast looks good writers look good good team behind it well looking forward to that should be great that's all the news we've got for this week we just got a couple of highlights for next week on tv <laughs> So highlights for next week on TV. And when I say a couple of highlights, I literally do read a couple of highlights with the very, very few new things starting next week. So uh, one big one, Brassic, that returns for a third season. That's on Skymax on the 6th of October at 10pm. And The Larkins, which is a new adaptation of The Darling Buds of May starring Bradley Walsh and Joanne Scanlon. That starts on the 10th of October at 8pm on ITV. And that's pretty much it in terms of uh, new shows this week. That's, That's
1: fine. That's yeah,
0: okay. I, which i'm okay with there's enough <laughs> of the stuff around to watch right now there's loads of stuff on particularly on apple tv there's a load of stuff coming out there's stuff on amazon there's stuff on sky there's i mean a ridiculous amount of things and there is a load more starting next week i notice but uh yeah just a bit of a quiet week this week and that's fine i'm okay for a quiet week this week that's good for you, if they want to find
1: more of your stuff, where can they find you? You can go to entertainmenttalk.org. You can also find us if you search for Entertainment Talk on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, two particular episodes, I want to mention the uh, the chat podcast for this month, which I did. I spoke to uh, Ian Thomas Malone. Uh, she's a transgender comedian, and we talked about basically a bunch of LGBTQ stuff, our different journeys within that, which was uh, really, really good to talk to her. It made me laugh a couple of times, which she's a comedian. So you'd expect her to do that. She was really, really nice to talk to so that was good and I did a list yesterday it's now uh, Black History Month which is uh, cool as well so I did a list it's called Top 10 Favourites Black or Person of Colour Characters kind of following up what I did in June which was Top 10 Favourites LGBTQ Characters because it was Pride Month so I want to uh, stick with the uh, the different themes of uh, certain months and stuff so that was uh, those are two uh, pretty good episodes to do as well me and David are still doing Walking Dead I'll speak to you in a, in a minute about uh, plans for the World Beyond yes. show because that's, that's starting I, I actually didn't realise that came so soon that's why I hadn't mentioned anything yes
0: back now actually yeah it's, yes. yeah
1: it's available today so find that on there as well if you want to watch me now and again on Twitch eTalkUK for all those things follow me on there be you notified know, when I want to go live TV, video games, films Manchester Night Podcast just in general check it out entertainmenttalk.org
0: yep so uh, go and find Matt over at entertainmenttalk.org for other people involved in the show you can of course find Bex on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes that's B-Y-T-E-S she's streaming daily with uh, lots of fun stuff over there from just general messing around and retro gaming and uh, all sorts of wonderful fun things over there so go and check out Bex at twitch.tv forward slash Trister Bytes you can also get Daryl on hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series you love which are shot in Canada for us you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website place find us at Geek Town on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geek Town, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geek Town, and on Instagram at Geek Town UK. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye bye. Goodbye.